Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Hi, you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussion. I am your co-host, Colby, along with Ashley, who's Hello. being horrible to me. No, I'm and, not. And uh, Jeremy. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Yeah, and a cat that just walked by. This time we're recording you, so that's good. Uh, and I totally, right, so, so last time I forgot who our new podcast subscribers were, so this time I got Patreon. Them. Patreon, yeah, sorry. Patreon subscribers are... Uh, so I just want to quickly thank Todd Adams, Michelle Poirier, David Schultz, Charles Williams, uh, someone who e- has her email address is Ophelia, something, something, something I don't want to say, uh, Karen James, Samuel Ruffler, Michelle Machiel, Jordan, uh, Mitch Sweet, John Scherer, and Bill Weston. Uh, those are all of our new people. Uh, thank you so much. We can't do this without you. Uh, please do, uh, if you're enjoying the show, if you're having a great time, Please uh, do support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash after dinner conversation. Um, all of these stories are available for download on Amazon, including the one we are talking about today. Uh, what is that one, Jeremy? That, that could be my greatest transition ever. Yeah, so this story is called Prohibition by David Rose. Um, so a little bit of a synopsis. Basically, this story is about addiction. Um, Kind of separated into three different phases. The The first third of the story is um, from the point of view of this addict. He's talking about his addiction, how much he likes it, what it, you know, how it makes him feel, um, all the trouble he has to go through to feed this addiction. Um, and, you know, it's very interesting. It kind of gets in depth to that. Um, the, the reveal in the second uh, portion of the story is really about... Um, what he's addicted to, which is beef, basically, or, or meat. Um, and, you know, the, the changes in society that caused this to happen um, and some remembrances of, you know, how of going to butcher shops as a kid and how it affected his family uh, and, and things like that. And then the third part of the story is the police busting in on the speakeasy, um, killing one of the other patrons while he's hiding and... Uh, and then gets into, uh, you know, really that philosophical concept of, uh, is this bad and what does it mean for society? So a pretty interesting story overall. What yeah, did you think, Colby? I, 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 uh, I loved this story for a couple of reasons. Number one, I thought it was really well written. I agree. Like I, it, it read like a book that I would buy in the store. Like it didn't read like a, like, you know, I don't want to say that we don't publish great stuff, but it just, I read it and I was like, yeah, like if I had bought this in a store, I could read 300 pages of this. Um, the descriptions were great. The visuals were great. The sort of turns of phrase were great. All of the writing was really rock solid. Uh, and that thing I really liked about, I'll talk about the plot, the, the, the deeper stuff later, but the thing I really liked about the story is uh, it, I thought it handled the reveal really well. Like I went and I reread it again last night 
Um, and it's a little bit like the thing where when you read it the first time and you get to the reveal, you're like, oh my God, what a great reveal. And then you read it the second time and you start to see some of the hints that you missed the first time. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I should have got that. Like, yeah, no, Bruce Willis is dead. Like, I should have gotten that. He never touched anybody. (laughs) He never touched anybody. Um, And I thought that was really good. And then I also, from just a sort of a a deeper standpoint, I really liked um, that the police were really violent. And so you have this juxtaposition of a society that pretends or pretends, I should say, to be um, civilized by not eating meat, but yet the people that are enforcing that rule are very uncivilized. Um, yeah, that was very interesting. I and I thought that, that was a really good split to show how like civilization can, uh, at least according to the story, you know, uh, move forward while individuals and individual action may not. I think it's uh, interesting along the same lines of how um, the police kept calling them murderers and butchers and, you know, because they're eating meat and then you, you show the guy in the situation. It's a very sophisticated type of situation. It's very like, like wine quote, in a unquote, restaurant, clean ish, yeah. except for when he's like chewing on the bone. Uh, and then the exact same butchery type of mentality is exactly what the police do. Yeah, I thought that was a really good like. Yeah. Again, juxtaposition. It was, yeah. it was right. It was a solid contrast. And I think even beyond the, like, so, so there's the, there's the meat eating side of it. I think that's actually the least interesting part of the story. Like it's the great, it's a great tool to get us there. But, um, but I thought that, that, that's, that contrast between the two sides, I thought was interesting how civilization versus individuals. I thought the idea of, um, of individual choice and individual freedoms, I thought was super fascinating, um, additionally, I thought this idea of, um, illegality and like, are there, it got me thinking again, and I thought about this previously, but this story definitely made me think of this is, are there such things as natural rights, things that, you know, rights that you are born with that, uh, that regardless of government, uh, they should not be allowed to be taken away. Uh, you could make an art, you know, so, so obviously the Declaration of Independence says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are, the, are these natural rights coming from the French Revolution. But, uh, but you know, uh, you might have a natural right to have children, right? That even though it might be in society's best interest to have population control, we have decided that no government under, you know, no, no sort of government should be allowed to do that. At least as Americans, obviously other countries have different opinions, because the right to have children is a right so fundamental to your existence that it cannot be taken away, even if it would be in the collective good to do so. Um, and I think that got me thinking about like, okay, like wh- where, what else would I consider to be one of these sort of uh, birthrights that can't be taken away? Uh, and I, I actually don't think meat eating is one of them. I think I, I, I personally, based on no evidence, but my own sort of morals think, you know, if the government wanted to take away my right to eat meat because they thought it would be more useful for global warming or whatever society. Uh, okay. Like that's not fundamental to me. Um, 
but I could see how somebody else would certainly think that. By the way, this is question number four. At the end of each story, there's a series of oh, questions. Yeah. Um, so Colby's going off. Yeah, we skip around four. a bit. We skip around him a lot, but this yeah. is reference to that question. I don't know, Jeremy. Were there things about it that it that uh, besides just the fact of whether or not you thought mediating banning was right or wrong, which whatever, were there parts about it the story got you thinking about? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I know I spent a lot of time really thinking about just the the ethics in general. Um, one of your other questions was sort of uh, the you know with the the codification of ethics. Are laws the codification of ethics of humanity at the time, or tied to a higher universal law? And so, yeah. and and I think you're absolutely right in that that you know the eth- laws are a code of codification of those ethics that we have at the time and those are somewhat flexible but there there definitely are things that should transcend that um in you know in the terms of uh i don't know what we complain about china all the time uh there's the a one child policy um, no 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 the other one just um in terms of uh you know we shouldn't Human rights, just oh, in yeah. general, human rights. <laughs> that Sorry. thing with China, yeah, human that rights. Thing. That's yeah, that's general, right. Human, human rights, rights abuses. Yeah, right. So you know, the, there's there is an ethics to that. You know, murder is definitely one of those things that is or should always be considered wrong. Right. Um, you know, see, and that should be codified as laws. So, but, so one of the things I think China brings up a great point is I think uh, the Chinese government, I think, would argue. That um, that having sort of general social unrest is not good for economic development. Therefore, we should limit the information that people can uh, say or spread uh, in order to discourage social unrest, in order to encourage economic development. And and so I think that that you know we might think that the ability to say maybe not do but at least say what you feel is a sort of birthright. It's a natural right. Uh, but China, I think, has taken, the, and maybe many other countries, have taken the opinion that um, that is not a natural right because the greater good is uh, political and economic stability. I think you're missing yeah, out on a lot point. of opportunity, though, for growth there. Because what if those ideas really does blossom into something that's better than the current system? Sure. And that's where you're kind of self-limiting in a way. Yeah, like, now, and that's the thing is you never know which stupid idea turns out to be a good idea. Yeah, and I get it. Like the fact that you have to sift through all these ideas and that it might stir up controversy and an uprising and, and make people less productive because they're contemplating these other ideas instead of being productive. It can slow down the whole yeah. system, but I don't think you should limit how people right, think. Right, and... And even sort of, if you're really taking that tack of what's good for society, in what sense? What's good for society today? Or should you be looking this at this over a long enough timeline? Is the survival of the species more important than um, economic growth? Should yeah. we be planning for, you know, the... The long now, there's a long now association that thinks we should be planning 10,000 years ahead. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to advocate for uh, policies that follow that. Um, and, 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 you know, and I think from the story, you get the sense that the majority of people, based on sort of his backstory, believe that meat eating is wrong, right? And so in this case, uh, 
you know, banning the eating of meat in this story is the is the accurate codification of the collective morals of society at that moment, right? right? So, so he is doing something that uh, is no longer appropriate. Like it, 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 it's no longer the norm. It's um, no longer legal. It's potentially no longer ethical in this society. Right. And, and, and you get the impression that there wasn't some, it wasn't like there was some dystopian government that like created these rules to control people. It generally is, the sort of collective belief of society that's been turned into a law. And yet he's like, like no. Evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that the story also got me thinking about was as that relates to drug use, as that relates to, um, you know, other things where you're like, look, we as a society, uh, you know, I, so I don't know if you know this, Jeremy, but so I've been doing, um, working with criminal stuff for the last, since we, for the last three, four months now. And so I read police report after police report after police report about everyone did. And almost all of them, maybe this is just what people that they give me, I don't know, but a lot of them are drug related, right? A lot of them are meth related. A lot of them are um, fentanyl related and a lot of that. So it's, it's not like, it's, it's not like you are a, a criminal and then you do drugs, you do drugs. And so you become a criminal, like to pay for your drug habit. Uh, and we've made those illegal for the exact same reason it seems like that they have made uh, meat eating illegal, right? That um, that we feel that drug use creates this collective harm, and it's we've codified our morals to believe that you know fentanyl and oxycotton and meth and amphetamines are are not a good thing. Um, but if this exact same situation were switched around, like he went to like a fancy drug den to do drugs. Like, I think there'd be a better, more people reading it would be like, yeah, like, you better stop that. Like, the police were right to break it up. But when you read it about something that 90 plus percent of the population agrees with, it creates this little switch that makes you definitely ju- judge how you judge others. Right. And I, th- and I think that leads into your question of, do we have an obligation to follow laws if it goes against our, our personal opinions of, of the ethics of the law? Yeah. You know, and, and I, I would definitely say you do have an obligation. I would say you do have an obligation to protest any law that you don't think is ethical. But not to necessarily but, break it. Uh, that could be part of the protest. You have a, an ethical obligation. Yeah. To break it, I think you would have to be willing to accept the punishment. So would, would you be more uh, sympathetic to this character if instead of like going to a speakeasy and doing it on the sly, if he'd have like gone in the middle of like the public square with like a barbecue grill cooked up a steak and eaten it and then taken the arrest to prove his point as a form of protest. Yeah, that would be protest. And I, I think there is definitely a, uh, there, there's a valid situation for that. And that's a better position to be in other than just breaking the law because you want to, you know, and in that case, you know, you're breaking the law because it, it's something you want to do. You're not breaking it. Just because it feels good. A protest. Right. Right. Well, he was saying, look at how privileged he is that he has the finances to be able to do this. He understands that he is uh, above the rest and he wants to keep feeding into this habit. I don't think he wants to create civil unrest or prove his point. He just wants to indulge in meat. 
It's, it's, it's for a purely selfish reason yeah. that he's breaking this rule. Yep. The one of the things that, and I, and I bet, I, I'm betting neither of you thought of this one because this one only occurred to me just now. Uh, so he's he's comfortable breaking the law to eat meat because you know the laws because he's a, he's a he's a person that you know uh, is going to follow his own moral code, but yet he was utterly unwilling to help someone that was about to be killed that was being beaten up by the police, right? Like uh, so, this he had this split morality, right, where it was like. The laws are are not for me. Um, I'm going to follow my own moral code, and yet that same moral code should have caused him to help someone else. I don't know. Maybe I, not. I think he's too wrapped up in his own little world. He's personally. just an addict. Yep, he's just an addict. He just wants to go in, indulge his meat, and get out. I don't think he's looking out for anybody else. He just wants to indulge in his situation. That was my takeaway. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point. <clears throat> Now, I, when when I was reading this, I was like, uh, personally, with everything that's currently going on in this You're good. situation, I looked at it more of a, why would they restrict meat? And you look at now with how cows release methane gas and look at the environment, and there's a huge reason, or not a huge, but there is a reason that some vegetarians are saying, you know, meat eaters are destroying the, the world. Um and I looked at it more from that perspective. Yeah, so did um, I. So here you are from trying... From a land usage standpoint. From a land usage, from an air right. quality, from a, you know, popula- or pollution standpoint. Um, and here they are trying to prevent people from eating meat and yet, uh, you know, to save lives. And then when those people that break the rules, apparently their lives just don't matter. Because yeah. they, apparently they can kill them and not have any consequences to that right just dump them in the alley and that's fine yeah right yeah <clears throat> i love the line from the police officer it was probably my favorite line in the whole story where he's hitting the girl or he's whatever beating up the girl and he's like you know i got a puppy at home we just got a puppy why don't i bring it in here so you can chop him up and eat him and i was like no don't eat the puppy but i was like <laughs> i was like oh yeah but from their perspective the police officer's perspective right. it is the same thing yep meat is meat you do not eat meat that is their, that is their uh, vision of these people of being so barbaric. They will just eat any sort of muscle. Yeah. Literally, that's you're eating muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I it makes me wonder what what the society uh, collectively came to the decision. Like, what was their basis to collectively come to this decision? Was it an environmental thing? Was it a um, you know all creatures are created equal? Hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash afterdinnerconversation. That's right, for as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad-free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions, and you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion.
Was it a, um, you know, all creatures are created equal? That's just kind of where I, yeah, I, I, that's where my mind went when reading the story. I was like, oh, so banning meat because that was a big, recently a big thing of, you know, if if the next president is a vegan, oh my gosh, he's going to make everyone become a vegan, and it's like, mm. so I think this I was no, <laughs> so I think it was a really interesting choice in the story that the police officers and the people in the story. I'll talk about meat eating being banned because of it being humane or inhumane. Mm-hmm. If this story had been that meat eating was banned because of uh, global climate concerns, I would have taken a very different view on this person, right? Uh, it's one thing to eat a cow because, like, we banned cow eating because we think it's inhumane. I personally don't think it's inhumane. Therefore, I'm going to personally eat cow. It affects me, it affects the cow, and that is it. As opposed to if this story had been a different way where, you know, world scientists have decided that the only way to save the planet is to reduce our meat eating and our consumption of meat. Uh, but I personally don't believe in global warming. And so I personally am going to meet, eat meat anyway. Now I'm not, it's, now it's not a relationship between me and the cow. It's a relationship between me, the cow, and the effect that I'm having on other people in the world. That's why I... Trying yeah, to yeah. limit my meat consumption, right. my my at least my my beef and cow consumption. I I try to avoid eating. Yeah, but for I th- me personally, yeah, that's yeah. just my but decision. Do I wish more people did the same thing? Yeah, but I understand that other people don't share that same sto- ideal. Jeremy, you say I was going to say, I yeah, that that I know people as well who believe the same thing, but will eat uh, humanely sourced. Sure. Like they will buy a cow that they know is that had a happy grown life. and butchered humanely, right? Yeah. Um, I just um, think that from even a- some vegetarians that will do that. You know, the issue they won't eat factory farmed, but they'll eat humanely grown. Yeah. But on um, this, and the same token, though, it's still that cow is releasing that methane gas, which is affecting yeah, so other people. Well, so it's right. like how and how again, far are you willing to take the, it? Yes, you know. exactly. And that's the part that I thought was a really great choice in this story is it, it, it asks a lot more questions about, um, about natural rights and personal choice when the reason for this law was a humane humanity, humane thing, as opposed to a global pandemic, global problem thing. Because you, the choice that the character is making in the story is a choice that only affects him and the cow. Right, there's no sort of secondhand smoke problem, um, and I think that was a really good choice for sort of driving home that parallelism or whatever I want to say. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel th- like we haven't given you much chance to talk, Jeremy. I feel bad. Oh, no. Like we're so, the, the, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I was hoping uh, you would you would get into question one specifically. You know what? Yeah, I was going to go the, into it too. Okay. Yeah, what are what if there had been different scenarios? Oh and, yeah. Uh, what, what do you if think it of that? A, so, yeah. Like if, I think if it they'd been busting up a child pornography ring or they'd been busting up a a meth den or uh whatever. Right. I, so I I think there are different ethics for some of those because some of those are where you talk about there are some things that are fundament, fundamentally human rights. There are some things that are fundamentally bad. Sure. Such as, you know, child pornography or what were the other options? 
um, you know, cannibalism we could even argue about. We've argued yeah. about it in previous we episodes. But, Hashtag yeah. I know, eat people. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. There, there are some things, though, that um, where you're entering into a fallacy of where the other side of the argument is not an equal argument. It is just a fundamentally bad thing. Sure. Um, like if they were capturing so, people and torturing them for like money, like hostile or something. Right. You, yeah. You then the police can kick down the door. And, here. Right. right. I, but, but I think the thing that's interesting, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this is, does it change uh, the way that the police are permitted to, to act? I right? don't think it does. I don't think it changes that either where, you know, like, are they allowed the, to like, are they allowed to like okay. shake somebody down and like accidentally kill them in order to find the sources for child pornography? Your law enforcement, you're not judge and jury and executioner. So yeah. there, there is a limit to what the police should be doing and it should really be tied to the same ethics and, you know, legal, uh, what do you call that legal codification of, of laws, you know, sure. the, the same thing, you know, police so saying, should not be dicks even in the line of duty. So you're yeah. saying that even extreme, <laughs> that even extreme law breaking doesn't, uh, doesn't validate sort of extreme policing. It should not. Okay. You can tell um, they are definitely trying to send a message though, yeah. because this is not their first ring that they've busted and they let the right. doorman go and they really, wanted him to have the message in his head that it is not worth getting into this business and send a message to all the other people you know that are running in this ring that you better think twice because this is coming to you. You can totally tell yeah, that's the message that they're trying that's to send. the message, but I don't think that's the message the police should be trying to deliver from yeah. a law enforcement standpoint. Yes. You know, that, that belongs somewhere else. Yeah, you know, to whom? the police should not be abusive. No, no, no uh, I'm, not, I'm, know, not, I'm it, not condoning abuse. Right, right, but, right. but how yeah. do you how do you get that message across that uh, this is really a yeah. no go, and, and you don't even want to get into this industry? You just change the punishment, so right, like more, exactly. severe, more jail, severe, more severe jail time. Yeah, you know, I, I, and, I, and there's a slippery slope there as well. We can talk about drug enforcement, where uh, you know, or the the punishment for. Uh, for drug possession, you know, yeah. where that's excessive compared to other, yeah. uh, you know, the three strikes law. There are people that, you know, went to prison forever for right. drug offenses and a murderer just gets a couple of years, you know, right. so there, there's a discrepancy, you know. So what do you think about this? I, I, and I'll ask you for both of these. I, I just had a, a thing that I worked on a little while ago where the police went out for a domestic abuse call something that's illegal. Okay, cool. They should do their job just like you said, Jeremy. Uh, but the codification of our laws, of our morals, really don't carry much punishment for domestic abuse unless it's really severe, right? Uh, best case scenario, sh he was going to get taken to jail for the night. She was going to get a restraining order. Uh, it was her husband. And he was going to be back the next day. And like until he's broken bones and like done real, real damage... Like, it's a very incremental process. And the police said to the woman, they didn't, but I'm going to, in my hypothetical, I'm going to say they did. They said, look, we're going to take this guy away for a day. Um, if you let us walk the house, we're sure we'll find something. Uh, and we'll only charge him and not you. And she did. She gave them permission 
to come into the house because they didn't have a search warrant and they're not going to get one for a domestic abuse call. And they basically tore the house apart and they found a couple of guns. Not surprised. He's a prohibited possessor. Uh, and they found a little bit of like they found um, like a like a scale, like an ounce scale, uh, which is drug paraphernalia. If you if you do it just right, um, like, for, you know, even though there are no drugs, it's a tool for drugs um, and a few other things. And so now this guy is looking at three to five years uh, for this domestic abuse call. And in that case, the police were trying to help. They were trying to put a bad guy away, but they weren't exactly doing it legally. Like right. they, they were definitely not following the letter of the law. So what's the solution for that? Do you make, if you break any law, you get this punishment. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what law you break, you're going to get... All, all laws, same punishment? At least a minimum of this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that solves the problem either. You know, and um, yeah, domestic abuse is, is certainly an issue that we don't have good answers for. And it's just something we have to keep but it's a clear, with. But it's a clear evil, right? Like it's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's on the level of child pornography, but it is unequivocal. Like there, there is no conflicting right. opinions on whether or not if it is good. Right, everyone agrees right. it is bad. Yeah, and yet if you're coming, and yet we yeah. don't have a system in place. I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm just frustrated because I had to work on this yesterday. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it is. The, they're difficult, difficult things where we should have better laws. We should have better social programs in place to help people in that situation. Um, you know, there there are a lot of different options for it. Um, you know, and you could look at the ethics of what the police did on one side was a good thing. You know, it can be both bad and good at the same time. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily a clear cut situation. Yeah. I, I, I understand your point though, Jeremy, and that is sort of the ends don't justify the means. Like, yes, they want to stop meat eating, but sort of punching somebody and killing somebody and shaking somebody down and going outside of these extra sort of judicial processes isn't right. the way to do it, even if it is the most effective way to do it. Right. Right. There are other options there. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to change the subject right. just a little right. bit gonna, because get we're getting a little subject. heated there. I'm, I'm going to go to question number five. Addiction can be defined as the physiological and physical inability oh, to like stop performing an action. By that definition, is the narrator addicted to meat? Should he try to give his give us his addiction? Are some addictions give up his addiction? Give up his Sorry, addiction. Typo. Are some addictions acceptable? So is he addicted? I do think there are definitely some foods that give you a physiological change and a psychological change, like sugar, for example, that people can become literally addicted to. I don't know if that exists in meat. Do you think, do you think he was addicted? I mean, he, he literally was willing to risk jail time to eat meat. I don't know if meat gives you that sort of physical and psychological but I, change, but I would imagine there is something because we know food is tied to a lot of our neurological processes. Right. A lot of it's tied to, you know, dopamine in the brain mm -hmm. and really anything can be conditioned um, to produce that kind of, uh, you know. I mean, he, and imagine. Yeah. He, ca he called himself an addict. And imagine, imagine uh, just normal human um, 
knee-jerk reaction is as soon as someone says you can't have something, you're like, but I really want it. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, that's also normal kind of human knee-jerk reaction to someone that has experienced it and knows they like it. And so they're going to justify wanting more of it or in their mind be like, no, I'm, I'm going to go get me some more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely. I, th- I took it as he is an addict and I, I thought he wasn't protesting the law. He was an addict. And I think that was sort of another layer of this story that I found interesting mm-hmm. that you touched yeah, on Jeremy definitely. is it's one thing to protest a law. That is not what he's doing. He is an addict. Yeah. And so right. he's that's why that's intentionally why he, breaking the law. Right. And yeah. that's why he hides when the police come in. That's why he knows he's going to do it again, even though he's risking his own livelihood and his own future for it. And so in that sense, I'd say, even though I eat meat, like personally, I think he needs help in the story because he is suffering from an addiction in the story. Mm-hmm. You could substitute meat for any yeah, other thing definitely. and his actions indicate some sort of addictive yeah. to whatever it be. Now I want to go. I want to go to question three. All right, All right. we're running out of time. If, so last I know question. that's why I want to ask: If meat eating were made illegal by the duly elected government, would you continue to eat meat, Jeremy, or would you break the law? Well, no, I, and I think that's a typo there too. Would you continue to meet, eat meat and break the law? Yeah. Um, so would you would um, you give up the meat? Probably. Um, again, because. I, I might protest that and go do the barbecue in town square, yeah. you know, as a protest. Um, I think that would be the idea is it, I would imagine in this scenario, I would probably be supportive of the law again, because it's, you know, it's a majority. I would assume again, it's a cultural. Yeah. We're assuming it was duly passed. Shifted. Yeah. Right. Would so you that, struggle in that world of no, oh, yeah. no eating meat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, Actually, would you, would you break the law? No. If the law passed, you would just give up meat eating that day? I am okay not eating meat. I don't think meat eating uh, should be banned. I We're think just talking about if the law was passed. If the law was passed, a, you'd give it up. I would give it up. However, I don't know if I would go so far to be out there physically protesting, but I would be sympathetic to the protesters and understand where they're coming from. Right, but gonna, I wouldn't have a problem right, not eating meat. All right, I'm going to be the only honest one here. I would not buy meat anymore if it was made illegal because I don't want to go to jail. Yes. But if I was at a party and somebody was passing around and somebody was passing around <laughs> meat and that was like they were like, "Hey man, you want some meat?" I'd be like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll have some. <laughs> no, no. See, like, if I I'm was saying, if I was at a party and they were passing out drugs, I'd be like, I don't want to be guilty by association. I'm out of here. Right. Colby's like, well, if it's meat, I'm gonna give me a little taste. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, saying, <laughs> I'm saying if I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go to some dark alley or some speakeasy to buy it. But if I'm at a social gathering and you know, and and it seems and people are passing it around and they're like, hey, do you want some sausage? I'd be like. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. I mean, as long as we're in Amsterdam, it's not legal, right? It's not illegal, right? I'm just going to be honest. I but I, substitute it. I, but that what makes about, me a coward. What about guilty by association? You wouldn't. You wouldn't be scared in that situation. All of a sudden, the cops bust in. You're guilty by association yeah. just for staying there. You're yeah. okay going but, down but, in but, that situation. But when I say I've ever been, but if I've been to a party where people are smoking pot and I didn't leave the party, yes. And so if yeah, if, if, if I'm going to do that, is, I have are you to guilty admit. in association in the same way? Like if if the law is 
you're at a party and they're doing cocaine and anybody at the party gets a felony conviction, would you leave? Like if that but, were... Yeah, and I guess you're right. You know what? You're, you're, I need it's to depend I, on the level of the... Of that's the, right. So if I was at a party and people were all like doing meth and like passing around a seven-year-old, I'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go call the police right now and you guys are all going to jail. Uh, but if I'm at a party where they're watching Game of Thrones and smoking pot, I'm going to be like, eh, whatever. But you have to consider meat in this situation is like the meth. Right. And it so is that's that, the thing. I would, that I, would, of, if, I would need to know how illegal it was in that in that culture. If it was that illegal, would you eat the meat? If it was like a class six felony, I stay in the room. If it's like a class five felony and above, I probably leave. Okay. <laughs> we know where the threshold is <laughs> yeah. for your meat eating problem. I, I just I needed I needed to be uh, I, I need the plea deal to be an undesignated class six. I stay. That's that's really <laughs> what my conclusion has come to, and I'm just I'm just trying to be honest here. Uh, I have not left every room in my life where something illegal happened. Yeah, you uh, have. I know you. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I've been and, like, I feel uncomfortable, uh, yeah. and I try to find a reason for myself to like leave. I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Ooh, look at the time. Ooh, look at the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> look at the time. I gotta go get a watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hard, hard times in college, man, because you want to be like, not be the weird but one, but you're like, you this to, is wrong. Are you trying to tell me that if you, when you were in college, if you were at a party when you were like 19 or 20 or thir- 21, yeah. and there was somebody at the party that was under 21, you were like, they're breaking the law, and then you'd leave. Uh, I that w- is a that is that is against if, the law. If there was a lot of kids there that were like, I, I'm not going to check so everyone's lo- ideas, but if there's if there's like one kid, I'd be like. Mm. So if just there one was g- like a group, I'd be like, mm, I'm so, out of here. So if there's just two or three guys <laughs> huddled around the microwave cooking bacon, you'd be like, well, it's only two or three of them. Oh! <laughs> oh! Depends on the class of the felony. Oh, man. Right. I would, I would, this uh, is why I think both of y'all are this liars. Is, this is the difference, though. Depends like, on the bacon. I don't. <laughs> right. I don't know the age. Uh, see, see, this is you're making. Uh, I did. I did not check IDs when people came into the party. <laughs> I can physically see when someone's making bacon. Uh huh. So if I were to check everyone's ID as they were coming uh-huh. in, and I'd be like, "All right, there's somebody here that's illegal." Like, should I? I'd probably go to whoever's running the party and be like, "Should should we have that person leave?" That would be me. I'd be like, "I'm a rule follower." Yeah. <laughs> I'm All right. such a nerd. All right. I got We got to wrap this up for time. This has been a great conversation <laughs> though, which by the way, to the credit of our author, uh, David Rose, like anytime we go long, that's probably a good sign for the author. He, he wrote a great story. Yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to read Prohibition, you definitely should. It's not a hard read, but it's definitely a good read. It's a good read. Uh, yeah. You have been listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please go download other stories. Please purchase our anthology season one or soon to come out season two. Please like and subscribe. Please support us on Patreon. Share with your friends. Share with your friends. Did I miss anything, Jeremy? Did we get all the, the social stuff? Yeah, I think we got everything. Our right. podcast, way, pa- wherever you find podcasts. Oh, yeah, they're right. Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Patreon, aside from supporting us, you get additional benefits. Go check it out on our website, afterdinnerconversation.com. Yeah. Find all uh, the information. Yeah, go eat meat. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, now right. I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> all right, bye. Bye. 
If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, it helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button, and we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing, and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.